0: Welcome, friend. Have a seat by the fire. Make yourself comfortable.
1: Well, this flower has given me joy, but while life does remain in memorium I'll retain this small violet
0: I plucked from mother's birth. The streets remember those words murmured like a ghostly echo. A forgotten voice carried aloft on London's crisp October chill. A woman's voice, faint on the wind, cold and withered, spoke of that grisly, unrepented act carved with a blade's edge in flesh, stone and time for all posterity. The streets do remember. And with a tone light as a feather, the dead woman's voice whispered across the ages so soon shall you you're listening to Campfire Radio Theatre our tale for All Hallows' Eve is a continuation of the dark tome crafted by writer-director Blaine Hicklin, a modern penny-dreadful if you will so walk with us along the streets of Old Whitechapel if you dare and listen closely For on a cool autumn night such as this, there's no telling what tales one might hear. The play is called Rip.
2: Because many a sane man have lost their way down the path we set foot upon now.
3: Another pint, Barkeep. £3.60. Not on the house this time. Sorry, mate. Can't give it all away, you know. (laughs) This old Jim Chappie, was he really related to one of the Ripper's victims? Couldn't say, Gov. Well, he knows his history. Still, between you and me, he's embellishing a lot. Some very prominent historians wonder if it might have been five different killers. But uh, let's keep that quiet. I don't want you to lose your tourist trade.
0: <laughs> Very thoughtful. Yeah, well, I've read up on it. Well, just you pop back and let us know when you crack it, eh? Oh, Freddy,
4: three
0: bunch of food at this end, yeah? Right He
1: didn't mean anything by it. I embarrassed him.
2: If this one got stroppy with me, I'd stuff his knob right down his throat and let him choke. I'd like to see you try. Uh
3: that you know, hurts. Really too right. Cheerio. <laughs>
2: yeah, look who made it back. Almost started without you, mate.
3: Oh, the bartender was asking me some questions, and I thought... Well, me lovelies, I think I shall
2: set off for home now. Hang
3: on, I thought you were going to tell us that about... That was
2: before ye took twenty minutes ordering a single pint.
3: One pint? It was your round... Oh, it's just my wallet's packed, and Good I, night, I, all. Wait, could you just... Sorry, but but just tell us about the last victim. The one that died close to here. Mary Jane Kelly, where he cut her heart out and skinned her out. I'll not
2: jump ahead. It's to be told in sequence,
3: or it won't be told. Okay,
1: he's tired. Let's call it a night. Don't ruin this
3: for me, Alma. Uh, um... I'd be happy to buy the next two rounds.
1: That's more like it. Two
3: rounds, you said. Scout's honor.
1: Do you know how much that costs?
3: Might be best to hand over the money first, mate. Show good faith and all. Alma, um, can you give them 20 quid?
1: 25 more like. Steven.
3: please. Just okay, this... Okay,
1: whatever. But that's all there is. Don't get anything from me. I took a pill earlier.
3: It didn't bother you before.
1: Well, I'm starting to feel it. But, you know, maybe I'll take another half to keep things mellow.
2: Oh. Damn, Hold a... your money, lad.
1: Put a sock in it, you.
2: If the lady won't be drinking, I won't be drinking. And I won't be party to hang us on.
3: Like well, all that, I'm friendly. Just because you're all arse over tip.
2: I won't see her taken in by the likes of you lot. You're welcome to come and go as you please. But we must push on now, or I won't be seeing my bed this night. So sit, if you've a mind. <laughs> Now, you must remember, young people, at this point all of London were figuring out that the murder of Polly Nichols and Annie Chapman might be connected. And the thought that so vicious a monster as this took the air every night brought not only terror, but a thrill to the populace.
3: Didn't he kill two women in one night?
2: When does that happen? That were next.
4: This? Ah, somebody left
3: the gate open, I think.
2: I cannot even see two feet. What is the matter? Move, stupid horse! Come on! Come on! Easy, easy. It's okay.
0: It's okay. Who's there? Uh.
2: Uh. Uh. I need... light.
3: Uh. Please, can someone take a look outside with me?
0: There's a woman in the yard. I don't know if
4: she's drunk or dead. I think she's not moving. No, no, she's not. Light her, match. Here,
1: I'll lift her head.
0: <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Jesus, she's dead, alright. Look, you see that line? There's blood going into the gutter there. Her throat's cut. Still warm, though. I'll get
4: the constable. Yeah, go on then. All setting around. Grapes.
0: You're all right then, Mr. Deemshuts. Then my little pony stopped,
2: I thought I heard someone else in the yard. Long Liz Stride. Moved to London from Sweden some time before.
3: Hello.
2: Meddled in prostitution, then settled down with her husband. Running a coffee shop till they sold it and their luck turned. He died a few years afore she, and she found herself in the company of one Michael Kidney, a man of violent temper, and they lived together on and off. Mostly she made a living by sewing, or as a charwoman, no, but that didn't always line the pockets proper, and she'd fallen out with Kidney that past week, which is to say she required the means for renting her bed.
1: Don't trouble yourself. On the night of her
2: untimely demise, she was seen in the presence of other men earlier in the night. There were reports about her and what were took as a sailor or the like, snogging on Berner Street. Mm-hmm. say anything but your prayers.
4: <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> At least one gentleman had his advances turned away that night, oh, said witnesses.
1: No. Not tonight.
2: And then, not an hour before she was discovered, a Mr. Schwartz described an incident in which a man sporting a moustache, wearing an overcoat and a wide-brimmed felt hat, pushed her down near the very spot where a body was found, (gasps) in which Schwartz moved on but claimed he were followed by another as far as the railway arch, suggesting, as it were, that another man were involved. Or perhaps it were just coincidence. Then Mr. Best and his mate reported she were behaving in an unseemly manner with yet another mustachioed suitor donning morning coat and billycock hat. And did he stare them down something hard when they asked him to bring her into the pub to get something to drink?
4: That's leather getting
2: round you. If one of these passers-by laid eyes on a killer, we'll never know. Nor can we know whether or not they might have been the same man. Oh, left
3: the gate open, I think.
2: Whatever were the truth, the result were the same. Who's there? Long Liz's shadow would never again haunt the streets of Whitechapel. Some cast doubt on whether or not this were in fact a Ripper killing, as only the throat had been cut into the deep muscle on one side, but hardly more than a scratch on the other. But most deduce he found himself interrupted, and that his lust for blood were not yet sated. Twice that night were Kate Edo's body found in the street. The first time she were charged with being drunk and disorderly, and passed out where those citizens of this fair community were trying to stroll. No. Nothing. In truth, our Kate were right pleasant when sober. An intelligent woman, them that knew her said. But in a drunken state, she made quite the spectacle. She weren't known for walking the street, and the man Kelly that she took up with claimed no knowledge of her prostitution. Her aunt practically raised her, took Kate out of the workhouse she did, until little Miss Eddowes went with that pensioner. Aye, they did well for themselves for a time. But it was soon that she found herself standing outside the door with three children, facing an aunt who would have no more to do with her, and a woman must live. But better it should have been if she'd stayed overnight in that cell than proclaim her sobriety, to which they agreed and cut her loose. In and about the same moment, Long Liz were meeting her fate.
1: Good night, old cock. Good night, then.
2: Kate had fallen prey to the drink again, and that were when she met up with himself. Some claimed to have seen him together, talking quiet in the shadows, describing him as well dressed with a peaked hat and moustache. But we must take these sightings with a grain of salt, for there are some who would insert themselves into a story for the sake of it, and those who might remember details a bit too clearly for that time of night. Still, the shorthand on the clock had not even managed a complete rotation from the death of Liz Stride up to the discovery of Kate Edo's body. The
0: woman's been
4: ripped up in Square!
2: He had done a job of this one, and no mistake. <coughs> of all the killings thus far, this was the most terrifying, because he left almost no part of her alone. Her face was mutilated beyond recognition, with flaps carved into her cheeks, eyes cut, lips split open, and the tip of her nose sliced off clean so you could see the skull even clipped off her ear, which it fell out of her dress when they moved her. Up and over her shoulders, he strung a piece of gut and split her from rectum to her. (sighs) I shouldn't speak of that in mixed company, mind. And that weren't all, as you'd imagine. The was severed below the
4: vocal cord. All the deep structures were severed to the bone. The knife of death was hemorrhage from the left common carotid artery. The death was immediate, and the mutilations were inflicted. He we examined after the death. abdomen. The front walls were laid open from the breast bones to the Another incision into the liver of about two and a half inches. And below this, the left lobe of the liver was about two feet of the colon was cut away. Um, <clears throat> the pancreas was cut, not through. The neolining lining was cut on the left side, and the left kidney taken out. I, I believe the perpetrator of the act must have had considerable knowledge of the position of the organs in the abdominal cavity, and
2: the way of removing them. This were about the time the Ripper letters arrived. The only one being most likely authentic, were sent from Hell with the sliver of human kidney that tested positive for the very same brights disease mrs eddowes was known to have and there was a mysterious message scribbled on the wall some blocks away near a bloody scrap of her apron what read the jews are not the men that will be blamed for nothing which might not be written by his hand nor be connected to the act a fiendish piece and narrow minded propaganda, more like. But it lives in the legend, and as such, we durstn't neglect it. But as horrifying as the murder of Kate Eddowes may have been, it were all just the dress rehearsal for the murder of sweet Mary Jane Kelly. I don't
1: know if I can listen to another one. Shh,
2: this is the best
1: part. Stephen. No,
2: this is the one where he cuts out. I wouldn't use that phrasing around here, my lad. There are those that still believe the ghost of the Ripper walks these streets, preying on the souls of poor sots who admire his work. Not to mention... <clears throat> I am of some distant relation to Miss Kelly, and might take offense to your toes. So you really are related to Mary Jane Kelly? If you believe the family legend, then yes.
3: Wow. Didn't it happen close by?
2: Aye. Just round the corner from here. What were Dorset Street in bygone days? Closed it off to put up a blooming car park. So it's right here. Go out the door to the left, walk past Christchurch over to Brushfield, stand at the end of the churchyard, and you can see where Miller's court were. A warehouse with great green garage doors. (laughs) Here it was, sure enough, that he took the heart right out of her chest. Not to mention stripping the flesh off her inner thigh, right down to the femur. Because by this time, he had brung his technique to perfection. And he could take his time. Please stop. And just hours before, she was heard singing that song, the one that goes, But while life does remain, to cheer me I'll retain, This small violet I've plucked For from God's mother's sake, grave.
1: Stop it. I have three hours of not sleeping to do before I get on a plane to get away from this place forever, and I don't want to hear another word!
2: I'm sorry,
3: my lovely. Oh, no, no. Of course you're right. Oh, no, 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 come on. You can't stop now, not now.
2: But it would be monstrous wicked to consider these acts something to relish.
3: Have you learned
2: nothing, you thick git? Huh? I took the pains to show it weren't just about a murderer, but about the lives he took. The poor women with souls and hopes and hearts, missing or no, of their own. Your dearest Almo's right, boy. Let the dead rest in peace now, and be gone with you. I have a bed to get to. Are you all right, though?
1: Yes, yes. Thank you, I'm... I just. I just have to get out of here. I think my pills are kicking in, and... And I need air, you know, it's so stuffy in this place, I can hear my heart beating in my ears.
2: But let me help you with your coat there.
1: Thank you. Stephen, are you coming, or will you book another flight home? Damn
2: it, Alma. Better go with her, lad. I don't think you'll find you're welcome too warm here if you choose to stay.
4: Take care now, folks. Mind how you go, eh? Well done, Jim Kelly. Too right. Get in, James. <laughs> if you think that was good, you should have been here for the one I hooked
2: last week. Had that manky git convinced Sherlock Holmes himself <laughs> weren't <worked> the case.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> rain.
1: Could you share with me so that I don't get wet?
3: You know, you could have gone to the bathroom or something. He'd just about finished.
1: Sorry to spoil your evening. You could have
3: given me five more we minutes. We'll
1: talk about this later? You
3: weren't to be getting a warm welcome here, me lad. <sighs> the old coot. And I know for a fact he muddled up a lot of his history. The second murder happened at Hanbury Street. Not Hanover Street. We don't Street. get to the tube soon. I remember reading about pass out. it. I almost corrected him, but I didn't want to be rude. Really feeling lightheaded. I told you not to take those pills. So don't tell me.
1: Steven, come on. I don't like standing around here. I'm pretty freaked out oh from. Oh my the- god. What?
3: This is. Oh! I think this is. Look, 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 look. Uh, He said Brushfield Street, didn't he?
1: Why do you think I would oh, care? Oh,
3: that's the end of the churchyard. And and then there's uh, a green garage door down some alley. Maybe that one. I can't
1: do any more wandering
3: Wait around. here. By the fence. Here. Okay? I'll, I'll be don't right back. Don't you dare leave me here. I'm not going to get a chance like this. Maybe ever again. I mean, there's nothing to be afraid of. See? It's a well-lit street with people. I
1: don't see any people. I'll just
3: be right back.
1: Bastard! I was right about the drugs, though. So I, I I gotta stay awake. God, my head feels like it's full of cotton or mud. What the hell? And brother, Who's there? <gasps> right done. Oh, you gave me a turn. Look, shame on you, it about like that. What with all this nonsense going around? If you were in the pub, you've already got me spooked, so stop hiding back there. Well? Seriously, that's enough, okay? I can see you behind the
0: obelisk. What do you say? Yeah. All I? Please
1: stop it before I... No. Oh, wait. Okay, it's just a a tree in the courtyard. I think I saw (gasps) it. Jesus! Shit, Shit, thank God.
3: Oh, no way. Hey. Hey, it's okay. I saw the warehouse with the big doors. I I can't tell you what color it is, but I think I can get to it from the second level of the parking garage. I can sneak past. No, Stephen, do Stephen, don't
1: go. You were right about the pills. I, I, I'm i having some sort of... I, I don't know. I, I just See, I thought I heard... See, what did
3: I tell you? Maybe next time you'll listen. I'm
1: scared, okay? Let's just no, get just, back look, to the... No, just Listen,
3: listen. Just relax. I won't be more in a minute or two
1: no 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 stephen don't leave me stephen i'm really scared stephen good night night night, daddy oh god help me come on then okay just hold it together I'll... three and a half hours and you'll be on a plane home right i'm
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-uh.
1: All no. You might hear a few people. Wake up! Wake up! Get out of here! I can still hear her singing. Oh, God! Am I in the
2: room? I <sighs> it again, Dave. Decent people trying to sleep. What's the time? No,
1: that's not the same person, but... Well,
2: Offer mine to watch over there and tell to shut so it. just leave that woman alone. What's it to you if she wants to see? No, no,
1: no, no, it's not happening. There is no one here. I am standing against a fence, staring at a phone box, and there's a white parking garage. I just... I, it's maybe... Maybe if I... Maybe if I shut my eyes and walk straight, I can clear my head? What am I talking about? There's no one. It's just. It, it's Hello, just. Oh, it... Mr. Tiddles, what are you up to at this hour, Mike? Oh, <coughs> Jesus, help her!
3: Help! Help! Oh, <coughs> can't get up. We could sleep
4: with all that
3: yammering can Okay, just. Call
4: someone
1: over you, silly idiot! Thank you, thank you. Oh, but that was weird. I don't remember walking into the churchyard. Was the gate open, or? Okay, I'm never taking these pills again. Here's the construction. Whatever they're working on must be some kind of, oh. Oh, well, that's perfect. Great place for a pit. Could've put a fence around it to keep idiots like me from taking a dive. I mean, this end's pretty shallow, but if someone fell in over there... Good night, Mama! Oh, you asshole! you have any idea what I've been going through? Oh!
2: Sorry, miss. Didn't mean to rattle you.
1: Uh no. No, I'm so sorry, Mr. Uh, Jim, right? I didn't catch your last name, I'm sorry.
2: Jim's fine. So where's that husband of yours? Or faffing about?
1: Oh, he wanted to see, you know...
2: Uh... Right, couldn't stash you away in a safe place first. Real prize, that one. Maybe you should come along with me, love.
1: No, n- No, I don't think so. Um, you know, you you sound different out here than you did in the pub. What's up with that? You
2: don't want to be standing about in these streets. I can take you round to the pub if you like. Let him worry, says me.
1: Um, no, look, I told you, really, I'm alright. The street's well-lit and people are walking by all the time. Yes,
2: and you're in a dark churchyard next to a four-foot bloody hole wouldn't take much for some wanker to- Oh! Careful, love. Careful. I'm not a threat to you, if that's what you're thinking. I just don't feel right leaving you here.
1: I'm sorry. I'm just a little on edge. But I think I'm okay now.
2: Well, I can't make you do anything you don't want to. But please be safe. I know you had a fright in there, and there's those what might take advantage. Something about these streets twists people's minds, you see. And you, being in the shape you're in, well, just promise me this, lass. If you feel you're in trouble, get back to the pub. They like to take the piss, but they're a good crowd.
1: <sighs> Thank you.
2: And for what it's worth, if I were you, I'd consider getting clear of that one. You're worth ten of him. Ninety-night, love.
1: Maybe he's right. I should really just get my head straight and I can't do that out here. Hello, Jim, did you forget something? Oh, I thought I, no, that's not him. I I don't see anyone actually. Okay, take a deep breath. Just uh, gotta calm down, just keep breathing.
0: no need for all this fuss, pet. There's no saving you. I No. Let's <laughs> have a look at that.
3: of the pit! Get I'm... I'm sorry I knocked you down. You can't go hitting people like that. Here. Let me... Let me help you up. We get to this. Oh, wow.
1: Please take me home now. What's that?
3: I said. Oh, look. You must have kicked the dirt loose after you fell. What do you think that is? An, an old jar or something? Just leave it. Oh. <gasps> A jar, and it, there's something in it. See, look. If you hold it up to the light, it looks like... Holy Christ! <gasps> is that... is that someone's heart?
1: It's a prank. Maybe someone was trying to bury it, and I walked up on them, and I was too out of it to know Yeah, yeah,
3: probably. But it looks pretty old, shriveled. Never seen a jar like this outside of a museum. HATE THIS PLACE! Something rolled up inside this... I, I guess it's leather. It's falling apart in my fingers.
1: That's not possible. Is that? Steven, let's get out of here. Oh,
3: look at the blade.
1: I want to leave. Right. Now. No,
3: we've got to take this with us. We have to show it to no,
1: someone. No, someone is playing a sick joke. Drop it and come on! Steven. I'm keeping it. So you're gonna smuggle a foot-long knife on a plane?
3: I could take it to the pub and show it to old Jim.
1: He left already. Well, how
3: do you know that for sure? He
1: passed by. Oh. Just leave it where you found it. I'll let go of my arm right now. Drop it, Stephen.
3: Why? You scared? Stephen. Are you scared, Alma? Huh? You put
1: that... Stephen! <laughs> Oops. <laughs>
3: Sorry. It's not
1: funny. <laughs> you almost cut me. Just step back. Now. <laughs> Steven! Steven,
3: get back! You know I'm No, no, you know Steven, I'm just kidding around. Back. I'm just kidding around. Come here. No, you stay away from me. Here. I mean it! Get back!
4: <laughs> Steven! Steven! <laughs>
0: Been listening to Campfire Radio Theatre. Tonight's tale was part two of Rip, written and directed by Blaine Hicklin. Our series is produced by John Ballantyne. Featured in the cast were Rish Outfield as Old Jim, Gertie Steele as Alma. Alan Steele as Stephen, Robert Cudmore as the barman, Spooner, and the murderer, Wendy Bilton Arbuckle as Mary Jane Kelly and Liz Stride, David Alt as Hugh, Sasha Bibbin as Dean Schultz, Caitlin Sneddon as Susan, Mary Ann Cox, and Ms. Prater, and Scott Zee as Dr. Brown. Also featured were Matthew McLean. Jim Balfour, Helen Sykes, Fred Sykes, Mark Howard, Mino Rasic, Laurel Hicklin, and Blaine Hicklin. Production assistance by Claire Gutrich. Music by Kevin Hartnell. Vocal arrangements performed by Lisa Graves-Taylor. Sound design by Blaine Hicklin and John Ballantyne. Additional sound courtesy of Free Sound Project. Mixing and post-production by John Ballantyne. Visit us at campfireradiotheatre.podbean.com and on Facebook at Campfire Radio Theatre.